So this is Philippians 2 verses 5 to 11. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearances as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Good morning, everyone, and happy Christmas. It's nice to see unfamiliar faces and visitors with us this morning. And I reckon you've done the hard work. You've found us. We're, we're down here at the bottom of the school. Now that you've found us, feel free to come back as often as you like. And in case you're wondering what are these weird people doing in colourful shirts, it's just one of those fun Christmas traditions to wear a Hawaiian shirt. It's a tradition that's coming out here from Kenmore across the world, you watch. It may be, maybe not in, in the UK. I think they wear those silly knitted... Uh, jumpers and stuff but for us it's too hot you've done well um some of you are probably feeling a little bit tired at this point having had an early morning with the grandkids or the kids um so on the way in hopefully you would have got one of those orange notice sheets but if you didn't don't stress if you do have that you would have been able to follow along in the bible readings we've had three of them and you'll see there's a talk outline on the inside and at the bottom of the talk outline there's a prayer and at the end of this talk i'll invite you to pray that prayer with me it's a very simple prayer. It's a prayer where you say sorry to God, thank you to God, and please to God. It's the kind of prayer that we pray as Christians, and it's the kind of prayer you would pray to become a Christian. And so as we uh, think about Jesus this Christmas, um, I'm encouraging you to think about where you stand with Jesus. And so that's where we'll be heading at the end of the talk. But before we do that, how about I pray that we'll understand this part of the Bible, Philippians 2. Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you that you have given us your word in the Bible. We just ask as we look at these few verses now, please help us even on a busy Christmas morning to be able to see these words clearly, to understand what they mean. Lord, please help us to rethink Jesus again this Christmas, we pray in his name. Amen. As I said, some of you have probably been up since early hours because what happens on Christmas is we give gifts to each other. Um, and it is fun giving gifts. It's particularly fun giving gifts to children because they don't hide much, do they? And when you see them open the gift and you see the expression on their face, you can tell whether you hit the mark or not. It's pretty obvious whether they got what they wanted or thought you might get them or not. And it is really pleasing when you are able to give a gift that gets that smile and you think, got it, nailed it. And then there's those other Christmases. But it is fun to be able to give gifts at Christmas. And I'm sure you've heard the line that around churches that the best gift at Christmas is Jesus. The passage we're thinking about this morning in Philippians 2 is one where it does show us the amazing privilege and the amazing gift that God has given us in Jesus. Um, Jesus is the best gift ever, not just at Christmas time. Philippians 2 may not be the kind of passage which you'd normally hear people look at at Christmas, but it is a good one. There's no star mentioned here. There's no shepherds. There's no um, tea towels even. There's none of that sort of Christmas stuff. But what it shows you is the significance of what happened when Jesus came to earth. It makes you think about the baby in the manger that first Christmas. 
The Apostle Paul wrote these words in Philippians 2. He was writing to the Christians in the church in Philippi. And earlier this year at church, we looked through Philippians. Um, And so it's an obvious place for us to reflect back on at the end of the year. If you were with us earlier in the year, you'll know that as we look through Philippians, here in chapter 2, the Apostle is urging these Christians, these people in Philippi, to live in a way that shows they understand the gospel. They understand the truth about Jesus. If you understand the love God's shown us, by sending his son into the world. If you understand the sacrifice that Jesus has made, then the Apostle Paul says, then live in a way that shows you understand it. Um, Paul says in Philippians that if you're living like that, he'll be able to see it in the life of the Philippians, in the way they treat each other. They'll be like-minded. They'll be servant-hearted, similar to what we were just singing then. So it's into that context that Paul urges in chapter 2, verse 5, urges us, as we read this, to have the same mindset, to have the same mind as Jesus. And then if you zoom into verses 6 to 8 on the notice sheet, if you look at verses 6 to 8, you'll see Jesus's humility, his mindset, his attitude. Paul urges the Philippians in verse 5 and us, as we read it, to have that mindset. And as Paul speaks to the Philippians and to us, it makes us think about the significance of the baby in the manger. At Christmas. So if you look into the manger, you see this child, but he's no ordinary child. He's God made man, God made human. Look at verse 6. It's talking about Jesus there where it says who. So Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness being found in appearance as a man. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. He's God. Jesus is the one who made this world that we enjoy. He's the king over everything. Jesus created everything. He's God, and yet he made himself one of us. He made himself a human. Is that who you see in the manger at Christmas? When you, when you think about that baby and all that straw in the manger, is that who you see? God made man? And as you think about it, God did that for us, for our sin. So who do you see in the manger? Do you see God in human form? And do you see a humble servant being obedient to death? So in verse 7, it talks about Jesus being made nothing, becoming like us. Verse 8, he goes even further. Not just did he become a man, but he allows himself to die on a cross. So verse 8 goes... And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death, on a cross. It wasn't enough for Jesus to make himself a human. He also was obedient to the point of giving up his life. Unlike us, Jesus is obedient to God the Father. Jesus never rebels against God the Father. Um, Jesus does the will of God the Father. Um, he isn't obedient just some of the time. He isn't obedient when he thinks he's going to get a good Christmas present. He's not like that. Jesus is always obedient to God the Father, even to the point of sacrificing his life. And when you read the Gospels, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see it there. One of the places you see it is when you look at the, the way that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane on the night that he was betrayed by his friends, the night that he was arrested, the night that led into his crucifixion the next day, At that point, as Jesus was praying, he prayed earnestly, not my will, 
but your will. Take this cup from me, but not my will. Your will be done. Jesus was obedient to the will of God, the Father, even to the point of giving up his life. If that doesn't move you, if that doesn't affect you, it should. And in particular, when you realize that Jesus did that for you. Jesus died that death so that you don't have to taste the punishment for ignoring God, which is an amazing, an amazing thing. Jesus, the sinless man, died in our place. God punished Jesus instead of us so that we can escape God's wrath for ignoring him if we trust in Jesus. So is that who you see when you think about Christmas, when you think about the baby in the manger, is that who you see? God made man, a, a humble servant, obedient to death. Come, come back and look at verse 6 again. Verse 6 opens with, who being in very nature God. Jesus is already God, but he doesn't use that to his advantage. He gives that up, which is quite the opposite to what you read in Genesis. When you read about Adam and Eve, they clutch at power. They clutch at authority. Adam and Eve disobey God. They want to be the ones who determine what's right. Jesus does the opposite, doesn't he? Gives up his rights. Um, But you and I, we follow after Adam and Eve. We naturally ignore God. We willfully disobey God. We want to control our life without God in it. We push him to one side. We ignore him. And that's the essence of what sin is. Grasping at what's not ours. Pretending that we are in control when we're not. So as a man, Jesus is not like Adam or Eve. He's not like us. He was perfect. Sure, he was tempted, but he never sinned. Jesus lived a perfect human existence. Um, Verse 6 who being in very nature God. Jesus, while fully man, is fully God. And so as you look at the manger this Christmas, is that who you see? God made one of us, a humble servant obedient to death. And do you see the one whom whom God the Father has now exalted as king over everything? Because that's what the passage goes on with in verse 9. It goes, therefore... God God exalted him, exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus didn't stay dead. God raised Jesus to life again bodily, physically, a real resurrection He's dealt with sin. He's dealt with death. Come through the other side. Jesus rose bodily, physically. He's tasting, he's living the eternal life, which he now offers to all who will follow him. He's broken the ground. He's shown it can be done. He's, brought, he's the first fruits. So Jesus, the resurrected man, gives us hope of sharing in the same bodily resurrection when Jesus returns to, to judge. Gives us the hope of escaping the punishment of death. Um, and Jesus will return, and he will judge. He's the one that God has exalted as king over everything. He's the one to whom we will be accountable. When you look in the manger at Christmas, is that who you see? The king of everything? Your Lord? Your king? And at the same time, your saviour who gave up his life for you. Is that who you see in the manger as you think about Jesus at Christmas time? Um, this, it is a very short passage. We've stepped through the bulk of it. Um, it's a short passage which is incredibly meaningful and significant at Christmas as you think about the true meaning 
of the first Christmas and this Christmas. It gives us a glimpse at the enormity of what happened when Jesus became one of us and why he did it. It's more than I can fully explain in you know, 10 or 15 minutes. It's more than really our heads can, can fathom and understand that Jesus would humble himself to become like us, that he would obey God the Father in giving up his life for us so that we can enjoy the eternal life that he now lives. God's given us the best gift possible, yet at Christmas, but at any time. So as you, you know, give and receive gifts, maybe you'll do that after church, maybe you'll do that after lunch, maybe you've done it already. As you enjoy that process of giving and receiving gifts, think about what God has given us in the person of Jesus. Think about that baby in the manger and the significance of it. Come back to that prayer that I pointed out to you at the start. I think it's an appropriate prayer for us to pray as we think about or as we respond to the message of Christmas. It's a prayer that says, sorry to God for ignoring him, living like he doesn't exist, doing an Adam and Eve. It's a prayer that says, thank you for Jesus, for all you've done through Jesus. And it's a prayer that says to God, please help me to live with Jesus as my Lord and as my saviour. Um, if that's a prayer that you can say amen to, then I encourage you to pray it silently in your own heart to God. And if, I don't know, if today is the day where you think, actually, this makes sense. I think I've just prayed a prayer for the first time. Tell someone so that we can help you understand the ins and outs of what it really means to live with Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. But I'm going to pray that prayer, um, and then we're going to sing again together. Let's pray silently in our hearts to God. Dear God, Sorry for ignoring you. Thank you for sending Jesus to obediently live as a man and die my death for me. Please forgive me and change me to live for you. Amen.